This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. I'm Mac. And I'm Matt. And this is Sip of Success. So, hello, everybody. Um, today, we're sitting down with my friend Sloan. She works in the Career Center, and um, she's pretty awesome. She texted me that, you know, we'd partnered with the Career Center last week, and I was like, oh, great. Let's bring you on, too, Sloan. Way to rope yourself into this. So, she works at the Career Center, um, and she also does a lot of activism on campus, which is actually how I came to know Sloan. And she's really active and I mean, gosh. pretty much everything it seems I always see her running around doing something um yeah but she's really cool I guess to start off I know Mac already knows who you are but can you tell us a little bit about what you're involved with on campus I know you work in the career center um and what you're gonna be talking about today with us yeah so my name is Sloan um my pronouns are she her and um I'm involved with like a lot of different stuff I have been I'm a senior so I was involved over the past few years um, and a lot of social justice stuff. So I started an organization for Planned Parenthood on campus. I ran an anti-human trafficking organization um, and I've worked for a couple organizations. Um, I've worked for the ACLU um, this past summer and worked in DC for NARAL Pro-Choice America. So I'm very, very ingrained in all that. And then this year, my senior year, um, I needed a little bit of a break. So I applied for the Career Center and got it. So now I'm a peer educator here, uh, which basically means I help people with resumes and um, like career readiness and things like that. Um, And I think the reason I I reached out to Mac about like they that y'all had someone from the Career Center on, which was really cool. Um, And I always like to, you know, I think one thing that I've learned working at the Career Center is that there needs to be an equal focus. Um, Like I feel like in career readiness, we talk a lot about like, what can you offer the employer and what can like you do to be marketable when I think that there also needs to be equal focus on like making sure that you know how to advocate for yourself in a workplace that can potentially be toxic. And especially in like our job market that is inherently like in late stage capitalism and, and there's a lot of potential for abuse there. And so, um, I've come to be an advocate on that end as well for like workplace, um, workplace issues and, and knowing your worth type of stuff. Sorry, that was very long winded <laughs> overview. No, no, you're good. Um, that's an awesome like, description. And I know we're going to be talking about like how to advocate for yourself in the workplace because I'm currently going through this. So I'm kind of wondering, Sloan, what your thoughts are on this is like a tough question, I think, too, um, but salary negotiation. What are your thoughts on how to do it? Like how to like even start the process um, when you're talking to an employer in the workplace? Yeah, definitely. So I think it's always important to like go in um, to a situation with an employer and know like kind of your bottom line. Like obviously there's going to be price, not prices. There's going to be salaries that like fluctuate and, and, you know, especially at entry level jobs, But the problem with entry-level jobs is corporations and companies think that they can often get away with paying you a lot less than what your worth and what your value is as an employee and as um, like providing your labor. So my big suggestion is like to kind of 
make a list, if, if whatever kind of field you're in, make a list and do some research on normal starter salaries for for that particular position. And when you go in, when you kind of like salary negotiation happens once you kind of get the job or you're kind of presumed to get the job. And once you're at that point, make sure you go in and kind of have a number and it always should be on the higher end. And that's not to say that like, you know, it should be on the higher end just so it can go down. It should be on the higher end because your labor is worth the higher end, especially for companies. Like when I've worked in nonprofits, like there's a ton of money in it. There's a ton of money in nonprofits, especially, and they have the money to be able to pay you what you're worth. But it also is a factor of education level. So when you're kind of going through and looking in your field and comparing salaries to like entry-level positions and what people like will often kind of like ballpark get in your field, aim on the higher end. And when you go in to talk about your salary, um, that kind of number is what you want to start with. And you may go kind of like back and forth. Um, I'm trying to think of more specifics because it's more field specific of like how that process works, but definitely have an idea of what's kind of more standard for your field, but also bump it up a little bit from what the standard is, I would say. Yeah, no, thank you. I know that's like a huge question. I feel like, I mean, I, myself, I'm thinking about it right now and my office in the success center does like a negotiation workshop, but mm -hmm. I've never sat through it. I need to. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's helpful. It's helpful. Yeah, but I know that's like a huge thing, especially right now with like COVID and everything going on. Um, but that's interesting about like nonprofits. I didn't know that there was like a ton of money in nonprofits to pay people. I always thought like nonprofits like did not have the money to pay people um, like oh. a ton of money. Yeah, um, I mean, I've worked in like big, I've worked at like when working for the ACLU and NARAL, those are big, like bigger social justice nonprofits. Like obviously if you're working for one that's like, maybe state level um, and not as like, you know, they're not as big, but if you're going into a company and especially a nonprofit that is bigger, that has a lot of clout, something like the ACLU or whatever it might be, they have the money to pay you what you're worth. They always have the money. And that's kind of something that I've come to realize. And it's hard because when you work for something that you care about, you want to kind of take whatever you get. Like I've been in that position where I've, gotten job and I'm like, I'll do whatever. I just want to work in this job, but you have to have a balance and you have to sit back with yourself and say, okay, well, I love this organization, but my organization and where I work is not my family there. My boss is not my best friend and kind of separating the workplace from like this family type connection that often is emphasized in a lot of jobs. It's like this, these people become your family and it's always nice to be grounded and, and, and knowledgeable of like, they are not there. They want your labor so get what you can out of them and get what you're worth. And, you know, you can obviously be friends and have a good time in your workplace, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to advocate for yourself because they want your labor. And that's kind of like the crux. And I will say women, especially, it is much harder to negotiate salaries as a woman. Um, and as, as a woman or as like a trans person or a queer person, it's a lot more difficult because you were automatically kind of trained to like accept, you know, you don't want to push the boundaries, but it's, it's even more important for women because it's so difficult to be able to do that um, because of gender roles and things like that. So that's my two cents on that. That's not something I even, I guess, would have necessarily thought about. Um, obviously I'm entering the workforce just like you, but it's, you know, I, I always had the expectation that you can't really negotiate your salary, especially in a starting position. Um, so thank you for that. 
Uh, but outside of that, so what are some pieces of advice you like to give your students when they come into the career center? And is there anything that you especially want to emphasize to them? Yeah, um, I mean, I think I kind of covered m most of like what I usually talk about. It's very focused on like, make sure you advocate for yourself, but like always kind of, when you're looking into a career, think about things that are valuable to you. So like something that's really important to me is having a good um, and communicative supervisor. So when you go into an interview, um, particularly like once you go into the job market and graduate, it's really important to like ask questions at the end that allude to kind of what you want out of a workplace. Like something that might be important to you is like teamwork. So at the end of an interview, ask like, what are the opportunities for collaboration and teamwork at your workplace? Um, something I really like to ask too is what is your um, process for addressing um, workplace conflicts and harassment or anything like that? What is your chain of command? What's that process? And um, that can tell you a lot, the way they answer that and the way, the way that they could have that answer ready or not know tells you a lot about the organization and if it can be an actual safer space for you to work and like a, um, productive space for you to work. I'm, I know I've had, I was in an internship where I asked that and the person did not know, um, how that was addressed and that sh ended up showing in things that unfolded later in the internship. So, um, I think it's important to just think about what you want, what are your core values that you want, what's important to you in a workplace and ask questions that, you know, allude to that at the end of an interview. Um, and don't be afraid to ask tough questions because that shows that you're, that you're passionate and that you care about yourself and also about like the work that you do. Um, because you should never shy away from, from tough questions to an employer, because that's why, that's why you have that time and at the end of an interview to ask questions. Um, so make sure you're strong in asking them as well. Yeah, I know you mentioned like asking questions to the employer at the end of an interview in collaboration, like with a team, but as obviously right now with like COVID, a lot of stuff or most stuff is like online internships. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll be in person soon. Um, yeah. But with all of that happening, like, what do you think is like good questions to ask an employer going into interviews when it relates to COVID-19, like in moving um, to like so many jobs and internships, like in the home and like being virtual? Yeah. Um, one thing that I really like to ask is um, how does like reporting to your supervisor work, especially in an internship complex, like context and in the virtual world, like how often will I be communicating with my supervisor? Um, what does that communication look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, and there are things that happen in person that can happen virtually, especially with internships. I like to tell people like, ask, do they, do we have, do I have regular check-ins with my supervisor? What is the opportunity for growth um, in my position, even if it's virtual, because there's still kind of room for growth. And I think one thing is like, that's important to me. It might not be important to everyone, but like asking in this virtual space, how do you foster community with your employees? What are ways that you're able to, you know, still have a positive work environment um, even though we are virtual, what does that look like at your company? What do you do to ensure that your employees are, you know, that you have some semblance of like community, if that's important to you. Um, but definitely asking, like, I think the biggest thing with COVID is ask how communication works, because there could be internships where it's like they check in on you, like 
in the morning every day throughout the day, or it could be every three days. Like, and it depends on what's important to you. If you need kind of like, if you need to have constant communication or if you like to work on your own, um, it's good to have a clear understanding of how that works specifically, um, especially with internships, but also with like, you know, in addition with um, entry-level jobs as well. Yeah, great stuff, Lauren. This is, I mean, this is interesting. I'm, I'm really glad you came on. Um, I knew that it would be similar to what I believe was Rebecca, right, Matt? Yeah, it was Rebecca um, when she came on, but this is a different perspective. I'm really excited to have brought you on. Um, so I have a question about your activism, right? So I know that you do a ton of activism on campus. We talked about some of it, you know, PPGA, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, how does that relate to what you do at the Career Center? Um, do you feel like those are connected? Do you feel like maybe not, not at all? It's two different aspects of your life, but what's going on there? Um, well, I feel like being involved in activism, especially on campus, has given me a better perspective of like how to interact with students. Like talking to people comes very easily to me when it did not used to. Like my freshman year, I was more shy. And like now I'm a lot more outgoing because I've been involved and I know how to talk to students. And I know, you know, it's it's easy when you get in a position where there's a little bit of a pilot power dynamic of like someone's coming to you for help at a you know at the career center but I feel like it's easier for me because I've had the experience to kind of get down like to talk to someone like as a real person as another student like and just be more a little bit more casual in the way I interact with them so that's been helpful um to kind of like translate and also like being involved in Col the Columbia community and on campus gives me a perspective on like how to help students when they're like I'm struggling I don't know what I want to do or like I don't know how to get an internship and it's like you're I'm able to say well you know you don't always have to have an internship you can also like be active on campus and and like active in organizations and things like that because that's a huge part of my resume is being involved on campus so um I would definitely say like they're they're connected and I think it's given me a better perspective um and especially with regards to like advocating for yourself and gender issues and race issues in the workplace and how those filter in systemically I think it's given me a a better perspective on that as well. Obviously going off advocating for yourself in the workplace, like what are some things when you're going into the interview process that you think students should be asking or not even students, but anyone going into an interview process, whether it be an interview for an internship or a full-time career, what are questions that they should be asking an employer in those interviews that number one makes them stand out as a, like as a candidate thinking, um, like looking, showing to that recruiter that they're interested in the career or internship pr program and the workplace that they're going into, so the company, but also things that they should be asking to get a sense of like the culture that they're going to work for um, and more about the company as well. Yeah, um, definitely. I think I mentioned like a few of them, but I would say like my, one of the go-to questions is what is the opportunity for growth? Um, because in any internship, especially with so many internships being unpaid, which I, could go off on another thing about, I think that's egregious, but I, I think it's important to, to ask um, with any internship or any, any job, like what is, what is growth look like in this company? What is, um, what does it look like for me coming in as an entry level position or as an intern to learn and come out the other side, like, you know, harness with a little bit more, more knowledge of the industry. Um, because like, I think a lot of students want to ask questions that kind of like complement 
the company, but you're the, the entire time in an interview, you're trying to show them how much you can give. That's like the whole point of an interview is it's very you to them, how much can you offer them? And so I think the opportunity for questions really should rely on like, what, it, what do I also get out of this? Not just what do you get out of this as an employer, but what do I get out of this as well? And you can frame that as like more collaborative as well. And like more kind of like mutually beneficial of like, you know, how can I grow in this company and help this company grow as well? You know, you can ask like things like that, but I think that is a good question because it shows initiative and it shows that you're like, you are going into this, not just to have a job, not just to like, you know, which for a lot of things, it could be that like I've worked advocacy jobs where I'm like, I just want to get paid and that's fine too. But, you know, I think it's a good way to kind of demonstrate, like you want to get something out of this and you also like, you want to grow as a person, but you also want to help maybe the company grow as well. Um, but I say focusing questions on like things that you want to know about office culture and, and stuff like that, kind of like I mentioned. Um, and I would say that does help you stand out um, for sure, asking about growth in the company and how do you kind of, you know, what, it, what that opportunity looks like for that organization or company. My next question, and might be our last question, what are some very obvious red flags from employers and how can you tell early on? I know you talked about your example from the internship that you interviewed for and, and not being able to talk about community, but um, is there any other, other things that you can elaborate on for that? I would say even from like the job posting, if the description is not like more detailed, be cautious of that. Um, and a lot of these red flags are things that you can like spot in an application kind of thing. Um, so if they're, if they're not very detailed, um, if they don't seem like kind of consistent in what they, what they ask for. Um, I know handshake specifically, cause I work with that a lot. Sometimes employers will have like very detailed descriptions of what they want out of a candidate. And at the bottom, it'll like actually have these filter qualifications where it's like any and all majors are allowed or whatever like that. And it's like, if there's that inconsistency there, like they may be like lacking attention to detail or something like that. Um, so just to be aware of that. And, you know, if they can't answer your questions at the end of an interview um, in a way that you feel comfortable, and a lot of that goes off gut. Like if you have a gut feeling, um, and I know I've had that with jobs, like if you have a gut feeling, like they didn't answer that in the way that I feel like I'm comfortable with them talking about this subject and like that kind of thing, that is a red flag. And not to say that you can't take that job if you get it, um, but it's just something to kind of like look out for, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like it's very industry specific too, but um if they also don't specify specific times in which you will be working, um, that's another good question to ask that just kind of came to my head is like, what are the specific hours? What hours will I be working? What does my schedule look like? Because, um, you know, if they aren't, if they aren't specific with that, it could mean that they'll work you a little bit overtime and any minute unpaid is abused labor, in my opinion. So, just be cautious of that. And if a workplace is like too much and it's like asking too much of you, then that is a huge red flag because that shows they don't respect you um, or your labor or your time. So I would say that probably as well. Never good. Absolutely. Do no working for free. <laughs> I work one minute over time. I say absolutely not. All right, Sloan, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, to our listeners, we hope that everybody enjoyed our episode. Obviously, Sloan's a pretty awesome guest and we really appreciate her coming on. Uh, make sure to follow us on our Instagram at sip.of.success. See you guys next week.